one of the most unique podcasts on the planet. Hey, bus driver. Hey, bus driver. Hey, bus driver. The show about everything related to student transportation. If you're a student transportation professional, you found your show. Hey, bus driver. Exploring the entire school transportation universe. Talking to interesting and inspiring people, exchanging ideas, promoting student transportation industry growth, and sharing a few funny stories along the way. Now, live from Phoenix, Arizona, this is Hey Bus Driver, and this is Jason Nelson. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Hey Bus Driver podcast. Today is Saturday, the eve of Valentine's Day 2021. I, I honestly can't believe that we're already halfway through February of this year. So time is flying by and have a few friends joining us. Chad and Shannon are back and a new friend, uh, Betty Baker from the Bus Me Betty blog and also bus driver out of Ohio. So welcome everybody and Betty, special thanks to reaching out to us to join the show today. Hi, Jason. Hi, Shannon and Chad. I'm really glad to be here. Nice Whoa. to have you. Thanks for having us, Jason. <laughs> How's the... Uh, Wait, did you, say, did you say the eve of Valentine's Day? Oh, man, yeah. I'm in trouble. You are in trouble. <laughs> you haven't even got married yet and you're in trouble, aren't you? I don't know, right? <laughs> uh, low expectations. She's going to say, take me back to Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> awesome. Shannon no, go a, ahead. Sorry, Shan- I just no, no, gave you a little heart attack. You're fine. You're fine. Shannon, Shannon got a great bouquet of flowers yesterday. You want to share about that, Shannon? I did. So we're in the middle of Love Your Bus Month, and so my husband knows I'm the biggest, one of the biggest bus nerds there is. And so I got not only flowers, but yellow everything in honor of Valentine's and Love the Bus. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, it was fun. That was fun. He's been well trained. <laughs> he 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 is. He's he's the best. He knows uh, my crazy love for the bus. So kind of fun for him to yeah. just laugh at me, really. <laughs> it's been our what second week of Love the Bus Month, so we've been cranking out a bunch of goodies for our drivers and doing little fun stuff here and there. So hopefully, a reminder to everybody that's listening: if you haven't, it's not too late to celebrate the Love the Bus Month for the remainder of February. Betty, do you guys right. do any? You guys do anything like that at uh, at at your district or your company that you work at? Well, we don't, but now I'm thinking we need to have Love Your Bus Month. So I'm happy to jump on board that one. Yeah. So you'll you'll have to take a peek at the uh, National School Bus Council website. They have all kinds of ideas, like coloring pages for students and little cards that people can write for their bus driver, and it's all um, free. I love that. I just think anything to let the world and especially the little people growing up in this world to focus on something other than what's going on at the moment and particularly love and kindness and all that warm, fuzzy stuff is brilliant. Yeah. Mm. We said too, we got to this year more than ever place the focus on the good stuff. Mm. For sure. Especially right now. I think everybody's trying to, uh, you know, look towards, I think they're starting to see quote light at the end of the tunnel. Vaccinations are rolling out. I just got my second shot on thursday so uh, a couple more weeks to be fully vaccinated as they so to so to speak and uh is anybody here else other than i know shannon's got her first one waiting on the second one anybody else been able to get a vaccination yet no i got my first one monday first are you part of are you part of the uh the essential workers chad yes yeah absolutely who else can tell you um who else can spin buses in Arizona if I'm not healthy? Yeah. Betty, what about you? <laughs> and Betty, what about you? At our district, we uh, will be having the opportunity to sign up. Um, so that's coming very soon as well. I'm not sure exactly what they're doing or how they're rolling it out in relation to different age groups and different industries in Ohio, but uh, bus drivers are certainly on the cards for getting there soon. Got it. So Ohio sounds like maybe they're a little little behind the curve? Maybe just maybe just by a week or so. Got it. 
And what's uh what's current weather like up there? I know that uh, the news has said that the northeast kind of part of the country is getting blasted with cold and snow. Chad said it was freezing, but uh, you guys experiencing any snow there? Yeah, look, I'm because I'm not from here, and where I'm from back in Sydney, Australia, we don't get snow, so this is just bloody freezing at the moment. I mean, I I have never been in temperatures this cold. Um, I'm still working off Celsius, so I do believe tomorrow maybe a low of minus fifteen degrees Celsius, which is pretty cold. Um, it's just a matter of. Uh, you know what? Thanking those bus angels every morning when I get in at uh, last week, I was getting in at six o'clock, and there have been people who've been in at four thirty, starting those buses and starting those heaters. So I just uh, otherwise, I mean, I guess we all know how long it takes to warm up these buses and how painful it makes our fingers pre-tripping, and it's just a, a bit of a nightmare. So it's it's freezing at the moment. We've got snow on the ground. We're expecting a really bad snowfall. Monday night into Tuesday so with it being President's Day on Monday I am thinking we're maybe not driving Tuesday uh it'll be remain to be seen I guess the the fortunate wow. the fortunate for you guys snow days we get none of those here in Arizona well in Phoenix anyways Arizona can get snow in certain parts of our state but uh down the valley um I think hail is the closest thing that we come to seeing white it's very rare that we ever get a little dusting of snow, at least up in the north part of Phoenix. But. Well, you'll be interested to know that in Australia, I have never heard of any snow days <laughs> at school. However, in the height of summer, when it's getting up to maybe, I guess, in Fahrenheit, 115 to 120, it has been known that schools will shut early or shut down for the day because they're not, some schools aren't adequately air conditioned and it is just too hot to, for the kids to be in school. Well, that's definitely, I think Phoenix has figured out how to air condition buildings pretty well. So, <laughs> I was yeah. going to say, you might be more comfortable in Arizona, Betty, because that sounds kind of like our summers. <laughs> Perhaps. I think so. Yeah, it does take a bit of getting used to, I must say. Yeah. So, Betty, talk to us a little bit about, you know, um, just how you got into school bus driving, how you landed in, in America from Australia, and, um, you know, how you found like how you found school bus driving sure yeah well life is interesting sometimes where it's kind of like the wizard of oz where you're caught up in this tornado and then suddenly you find yourself landing in oz which is a totally different world and and one that's glittery and sparkly uh we came over here in 2018 um my husband is an american he lived though in australia for 20 years and i met him over there he had the opportunity to come back for a job three years ago. So we thought about it and decided we're just going to do a total continent change and go on a bit of an adventure. So we did that. Uh, he came over here. I joined him a little while later after packing up at home. And I think the whole move, the process was uh, quite funny because I had said to him, if we're moving to America, I would like the whole, as seen on TV, the whole Hallmark experience, thanks. And it, <laughs> it was probably one of those times where he looked at me as if to say, okay, I don't quite understand what you're saying, but I'll let you roll with it. Um, so I Googled most charming small towns in Ohio and I found the one that we're currently living in and, in fact, a Hallmark movie has been filmed here so it was meeting all the requirements the quaint little downtown the big clock tower kind of like on back to the future it was just beautiful and so we moved here and then after building a home and decorating it I realized there's only so much overstocking wayfaring amazoning I can do and then a house is complete and I really can't order any more furniture and that could quite have probably led me to divorce if I kept spending <laughs> spending so much money on decorating a house. So I thought, okay, I need to probably think about what I want to do. And my husband had said, just pick something that makes you happy. So I didn't exactly know what that was at the time. And then July two years ago, I came home to find a flyer in my mailbox that said school bus drivers wanted. So 
So I thought, well, this might be a fun thing to do. So I interviewed and I got the opportunity to train with a district in Ohio. And then I got a job as a bus driver. I was um, uh, I was a sub bus driver, but I hated it. <laughs> I absolutely hated it. And then I realized the problem was that I was working for a district that was incredibly large. There were 16 schools. It was run by a, uh, a bus company. It was more corporate than that sort of small town feel. And mm-hmm. I thought, what am I doing? And then one of the bus drivers there said, why aren't you working for your local community? And I said, well, do they need bus drivers? And I hadn't realized at the time, yeah, you should be laughing at this because we, now I know that I had no idea. I just went to the place that put the flyer in my mailbox. And although the training was fantastic and my trainer was awesome and the people I trained with were, were fun, Driving in such a big uh, environment absolutely was not the experience that I was looking for. So after this lady had clarified that, hey, listen, you know, you ignorant Australian, we all need <laughs> bus drivers. I approached my the community that I live in, which is a small town, and they were absolutely let's run with this. So I did a bit of training with them to understand how they operate as a school district, and from day one, uh, it was just exactly what I needed, absolutely what I needed. Very good. Awesome. So, awesome. Yeah, I can tell you that my really quick, Jason, my yeah. first year and a half in the student transportation environment, I said the same thing you did. Oh, my gosh, I can't stand this work. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it changes. Your environment is definitely, and those who work around you, is definitely a big part of that success. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. I think um, there is so much more what I needed was found in my local community. Everything I needed as an immigrant moving overseas was always going to be in my local community. The feeling of support, belonging, uh, community was all here and I needed to be driving in this area to really uh, feel like I was, I guess, in quote marks, home. So they don't sure. they don't have anything like this in in Australia, is that correct? They do not. It's a real different experience in Australia. When I was going to school, and it still is the same, we would hop on a government bus, a state-run bus, to maybe the train station and hop on a a state-run train to school. So we have in Sydney, I mean, I can only really talk about Sydney, but I have a fair idea about rural communities as well. Um, most kids are either getting a ride from their parents, they're walking, they're riding a bike, or they're catching public transportation with buses, trains, or ferries across Sydney Harbour. Um, that's one of the ways children can get to school. It's a real hop-on, hop-off thing. There are designated bus stops that never change. It's not like the school community here where it's determined by which student is catching the buses to where we'll be stopping. Uh, most children here would be jumping on a bus with the general public. Uh, during some designated times in the morning and the afternoon, they will have designated school buses, but they're government buses that just say school on the front because they know um, maybe 70 kids are going to be hopping on that bus. So those buses are generally not for the public because it's, it's that chaotic peak time of morning and afternoon. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So did your, uh, I, so you had to participate, I mean, in that as, as a kid going through transportation, did you get a ride to, to school? Yeah, well, a, a couple of different things. Um, so my, I grew up in Sydney. I went to school. My school was actually on Sydney Harbour and we lived in an area uh, called the North Shore of Sydney. So it was a matter of walking to a general bus stop where I would be getting on a local bus with the public, maybe some other students from lots of other schools, heading up to the train station, catching a train, the first one that came. Uh, and then walking again to school. So it wasn't, um, I guess as governed safety-wise, it definitely wasn't governed. We all had to apply for bus passes or train passes or ferry passes, and that was pretty much handed out to anyone. I mean, if you didn't live practically right next to the school, everyone was entitled to 
a free transportation pass. Uh, and then, yeah, we just uh, made our way to school. But, I mean, you can imagine what kids get up to when you're not on a school bus that's governed <laughs> by someone paying attention and doing write-ups and disciplining children. It was pretty much a free-for-all and no one was really watching who actually got to school yeah, or see, did it. I well, see two ends of that, right? The the older kids that are like, well, I can do whatever I want. And then just the, the awe of how the world works to through the eyes of a kindergartner or first grader that's riding public transportation to and from, you know, to and from school. That'd be pretty wild. For sure. And then parents, the parents being able to let, I mean, the things that parents ask of us and that our, our districts and communities expect of us as far as safety and just checking in goes with our little ones, I can't even imagine. It's interesting. None of that none of that happens. I mean, if you have your little ones, they would normally be riding with an older sibling or someone they knew, or they would be getting a ride to school. I don't think really parents would be pushing we call infants kindergarten, first grade and second grade. I don't think infants would necessarily be riding on their own, but really from mm-hmm. a young age, yeah, it was a real eye opener as to the world and uh, so when I was young, we would be, because we were so familiar with public transport, we would then, I remember being in grade five and um, saying to my mum, oh, my sister, who was a year younger, are going to go into downtown Sydney and, and catch a movie. So we'd just hop on a train. We were, what, 10 and 11. We were so familiar with that. And I guess things were a bit different back in the 80s, but we would just we knew that public transport system so well that we were able to get ourselves wherever we needed to go. Sure. Hmm. Well, and I can understand. I mean, maybe here, you know, Phoenix is a lot different. I mean, we do have the public transportation, but you have to hop several, several buses and it just, it, it doesn't feel like it's as laid out or as, as, um, you know, really put together like some of the other cities in the, in the country. Like if you're thinking like Chicago, New York, um, you know, some of the other places have subways, the buses and, and trains even coming in from the suburbs is a little bit different look than what we have here. You know, everybody has a car. And I think when you get back towards the East coast, um, you know, that's not really, it's a lot of, a lot of cabs, probably Ubers taking over now. I, I don't really know, but, uh, definitely interesting when you talk about all the different aspects of transportation availability that's out there. Mm, look, I think how you guys do it over here is amazing especially from the safety aspect i have never seen anything like it um and even even so much so yesterday as a, as a school bus driver i drive uh, predominantly two neighborhoods i drive in my own neighborhood which is awesome and another one which is a little bit further away um and just getting back to that safety aspect yesterday i was dropping two boys home and I crossed them and my ambers were on and this red car pulls up coming from the other direction and it stopped and then I put my reds on and I thought, oh, okay, well, maybe even though they're halfway down my bus, maybe they just want to do the right thing and stop regardless, even though they had ample time to go through because I was letting them go through. Anyway, these boys, these two boys cross and... I hadn't seen that car before at all in the neighbourhood or at their homes and I saw the two boys cross and then one boy spoke to someone in that car who had wound down their window and that boy got in and then the other boy was called over and then he got in and being a mum and being a bus driver and probably because I'm a little bit men- menopausal, I started to freak. It was like, hang on a minute. Uh, my babies, my babies. Has someone kidnapped my babies? Um, no, I mean, all jokes aside, I thought, I have no idea what's happening here. Yeah. These two boys I know every day have just gone straight home. So I radioed into base and I said, look, I... I'm not sure what's going on here, but uh, these two boys have gotten into a car that I don't recognise. And so they had their contact numbers of these two boys and they finally got a hold of one of the parents who said, oh, yes, it was me. This is my new car that I picked up today. But I am so glad that regardless of the fact that, yes, it is me, that someone knew something wasn't quite the norm 
and uh, but I was freaking. I didn't want to leave that neighbourhood because For these sure. kids, yeah, they become like your own. And and I apologised over the radio and said I was sorry for being a bit of a drama queen. But you tend you form these relationships, and and what's different than back home, and what I love about the safety aspect over here is that you get to know these kids. And well, sorry, I shouldn't speak for all, but there is the opportunity to get to know these kids and their routines and their families as much as you wish to. So when something is a little bit out of the ordinary, you can touch base with someone um, to understand, well, is this is this supposed to be happening? Is it out of the ordinary? What do I need to do? Well, and I, I sure. definitely think that that's a, I mean, a very good lesson to learn for everybody that's listening. You know, it's very easy for us to get complacent. We're not paying attention and... You know, um, you know, I mean, there's there's drivers that love this work and there's drivers that just do this as a job. And I think that some of them are just like, man, once they get off the bus, they're no longer my my priority or my my responsibility. And, you know, uh, I think those are things that we can all learn from is that you got to always be aware, be aware, you know, where everybody's going. Right. And if something looks out of the ordinary, let somebody know. Don't just shrug it off and be like, man, they'll be fine. I was just going to say those great reminders. And I think, too, how many times you're like, like you said, Daddy, like, oh, you know, it's probably fine. And we kind of push that uneasiness down or away instead of just double checking. And then that's why, um, you know, school bus, I'm the biggest fan of, you know, this work because almost always they become our kids. And right, they're in the very front of our safety and our thoughts. Um, always so that's I love that that's a great story there was actually uh, another um something similar that happened last week and as I was saying to you guys a little bit earlier it's very very cold here at the moment and um Shannon it goes back to just sort of paying attention to what's out of the ordinary I had finished my route and I was near the bus garage and I was I had to wait um, from coming traffic to pass before I turned into the street where the garage is. And I noticed this boy standing outside. He had his uh, jacket on, his hood on, and his backpack. And he was on the sidewalk, and then he'd walk up the steps to the front porch, jiggle the uh, door handle, and then walk back down. And he looked about 10 or 11. And so I turned, I watched him for a while, and then I turned the corner. And I stopped in the street that our garage is in and was looking in my mirror because I wanted to see what is this boy doing? And then there was another bus behind me. And I got on my radio and I said, oh, sorry, bus 44. And he said, are you okay? And I said, well, actually, see that boy at that house over there? He, I'm not sure that he can get in his house. And I'm just wondering what the deal is. It just looks really unusual. And then another driver got on the radio and said, oh, that's so-and-so, Cameron, I think his name was. That's Cameron. I dropped him an hour ago. He must not be able to get into his house. And, yeah, and I was like, oh, goodness me. So we talked to base about it and the bus behind me said, I will go back and get him because my bus is warm and I will just sit on the street next to his house with him while uh, you contact his parents. Anyway, the parents were contacted, but it's, it's things like this, this poor boy. I mean, it was, I guess mm-hmm. it might have been around 25 Fahrenheit. It was, it was cold and there's was this cool. little person. So, so this is right. the thing and I, this is what I love about our community. And I'm sure it is, um, it is very similar. Me, me telling these stories, the other bus drivers listening will probably be nodding their heads going, yeah, our bus district is so cool like this. We all look out for each other. I'm sure this is not an isolated incident. I'm, I'm sure that there are people out there because for the most part, we, either just like kids or we're mums and dads ourselves or grandmothers and grandparents or we're former whatever where we have had to care for someone or something. And so we transfer those skills, I guess, or that experience into that workplace. And, yeah, it just becomes second nature to watch out for things around you. Yeah. And, I mean, and that's one of the biggest things as leaders in this work that we have to teach, right? Like we can teach people how to drive a bus and we can teach the laws and the rules. Um, but just talking about like the real world stories and awareness. Um, number one, I feel like they reassure those who are newcomers to the work. And, and number two, right. It's like we, 
it kind of gives you that gauge, right? We are doing this work well and we're doing it right. And we're here for kids and that, you know, those are all reasons um, that it's good to share. Absolutely. There is such job satisfaction in this role. I don't know about you guys, but I think so many of us can go home at the end of the day and think, yep, I did good. So speaking of, of satisfaction, what what's in the time that you've been driving a school bus, what do you find is the most rewarding aspect of, of being a school bus driver? I'd have to first and foremost say the children. I I have found the grades that I really love to, to drive and I'm now driving elementary grades three and four. I think that's probably the perfect fit for me. Um, they're not so cool yet that they don't want to speak to you and that yet they're not so immature where, they, I mean, they still do try and get out of their seats, but it's not a lot of um, uh, telling on others and jumping out of seats and not really understanding the whole bus situation. So for me, that's just my personal opinion. For me right now, um, these little people are still young enough to listen, to understand, and I guess receive information, which is what I love to to provide to them. So first and foremost, the most rewarding aspect would be the children. Um, secondly, it's what I learn about myself through dealing with these children. It uh, takes me back a lot to a lot of self-awareness as to why am I personally reacting or getting emotional in this particular way. Um, I've had a couple of experiences where it's all been brought back to self, which, I mean, how we react to life, I believe anyway, just generally comes back to who we are. Um, Rewarding in the fact that, as I said, moving over and being an immigrant in this country, I could not have found a better way to assimilate and become part of this environment it was really really important for me to feel at home very quickly I don't do so well not having that home feeling Um, and being able to do this when I was at the previous district that was way too large with 16 schools and hundreds of buses I didn't get that sense when I came here and we just have one school for each um, each level I guess uh, it's it was a lot different and from day one I really felt like I was part of the community. I must also say that the other drivers and the office staff that I work with, I have never met a more friendly, down-to-earth bunch of people. They are so nice, um, so welcoming. I've never been told, well, as a collective, that we're appreciated so much, which I think with our district is a massive thing. They really work hard to let us know that we are valued and appreciated because, as we all know, sometimes this job can get a little bit much. Um, mm-hmm. And we can think, oh, my goodness, how am I going to go back in tomorrow? So I think I, I think all those above things, it, it, was, um, it helped me to acclimate into... I guess the American lifestyle and my town allowed me to connect, connect very much with my community, allowed me to see life through the eyes of children and really learn more about myself as well in the process. I love, that. I love that you said see it through the eyes of our children because I always am saying all the time, like, well, let's look through their lens for just a second, <laughs> right? Whether yeah. it requires the redirection or not, let's just look through their lens and see how that happens. It's one of my favorite phrases. And sure. um, so that's fun. Betty, do you get to keep your route every year? Do you guys have to rebid? Oh, I'm going to be fighting for this route. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, no. So we, we have to bid and it's based on seniority and I'm um, really not that high up yet. Um, but I, you know, I found that actually the beginning of this year we got our route. Well, sorry, we got all routes sent to us and we were able to read through them because the route I'm doing at the moment is two hours in the morning and two hours in the afternoon, which is fine. It suits me. It allows me to get other stuff done during the day. Then there are other people who want more hours um, in each day. So I guess people wanted different things and it just so happened, thank you, God, um, (laughs) that I actually did put, we have a group page for drivers and I did say, oh, this is the one I would love to have, not thinking that life would actually afford me this, but in the end it was there and I think it was there because it was only a four-hour working day. 
Um, and so I was able to get it. I, I truly hope I can get the same route next year. I, as I said, one of my neighborhoods is the neighborhood I live in. So I'm talking to these parents all the time. We have a clubhouse with a restaurant and I see <laughs> the kids and I see the parents up there all the time. So it's, uh, yeah, but then again, yeah. You know, I'm quite open to life saying, okay, this is what you've done with these kids this year. Now, whatever the source higher being is up there saying, now you go and do that with these kids next year. So I kind of think if, as a person, I like to ask for the best possible outcome because I'll never know what that is until I'm in it. Sure. There you go. Yeah. There you go. I loved your, <laughs> I have to tell you, I loved your blog, on, your, the blog on the spider, the spider on the bus. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, my goodness. That was just that day. Honestly, I was thinking, right, as well as driving this bus, keeping these people settled, this spider, honestly, was the size of a pinhead. And we were trying to keep everything under control. But when you kids would get on the bus, there would be like, you know, um, uh, voices saying, we're all going to die, there's a spider. So then I thought, okay, let's name the spider. And then the funny thing was after we decided we'd name name it Charlotte, of course, Charlotte, <laughs> and this little voice pipes up, but I want to name him Franklin. And then, um, <laughs> and I'm thinking, this, like, honestly, sometimes driving these routes could be an episode of a sitcom. It's, sure. it's it's so funny. And then and then I'm thinking, okay, we'll make up a song to appease the situation. And so I start with spider, spider on my bus. And then I said, okay, you guys have the next line. And there's, there were no voices. And then I had to think quickly because I'm in a twisty area with this bus. And then the next line came out that said, I'm so scared I just might cuss. And then I thought, oh no, oh no! I know, I, I know, we're not allowed to. I mean, look, colourful language, I must say, is a thing in Australia that we use to colour, not necessarily be aggressive. But then I thought, am I even allowed to say the word "cuff"? Um, and now, what if these kids go home and say, "Our bus driver said I'm so scared, I just my cuff." Um, and then I, I actually worried about that phrase as thinking, oh, no. And I, I did put it on Facebook and another Australian who works in the Virginia school system said over here they'd say that was a gateway word. And I'm thinking, you're kidding me. Come on. Just because you're saying cuss is leading kids down that dark path. And I thought, oh, my goodness, sometimes, you know, being from another country, culturally speaking, you can think, oh, have I gotten this right today or that right? True. But in the end, um, Charlotte slash Franklin was squished. So, and that was on a Monday. And so I, I guess Mondays weren't Charlotte Franklin's day either. <laughs> oh, funny. That was a funny one to read. I, I had a, a B on the bus last, one of the last few times I was driving, the kids were losing their minds because it came in through the roof hatch and was flying around and so that was uh made for some excitement for just a few minutes before it decided to fly back away but definitely yeah, impressive of, away. yeah definitely impressive of how you've how you've handled your students so where did uh where did the blog idea come from i mean shannon kind of led into it and how did how did that come to be well i've always loved writing in fact um my background back in Australia was as a life coach and part of that was writing a lot and I wrote a column for a regional newspaper and I would write and write and write all the time. So I, I, I love it and I love and, – and I guess that's why a lot of the blog posts will come back to that human behaviour component and, and that perspective of it. Um so that's where I started writing. And then when I started this job, these things that were happening were just <laughs> too too funny and too new for me, I guess, not to write down and especially share with family and friends back in Australia. So it's, it's allowing, especially the people back in Australia and maybe, I guess, Americans seeing it through the eyes of an Australian doing this job because... Remember, over there we drive on the left-hand side of the road. Sure. Our our driver's side is the right-hand side of the road. We've got different road rules and we do it in kilometres per hour, not miles per hour. So there is, there's such a difference that 
there is just a lot to write about that hopefully will entertain, if no one else, my dad back in Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> so do you get, a, I mean, do you get a pretty good following of, of people that are at least reaching out, whether it's through several Facebook pages or, you know, groups that you talked about that, that enjoy the stories that you're putting out there? I think through, I have found not so much with the commenting on the blog, but I find Facebook, the interaction on the Facebook page is where I'm getting most contact. I do sometimes post to the American school bus drivers groups and pages, but I'm not sure whether they, hmm, how can I put this, whether they understand my line of thinking or my way of thinking. Australians can, with how we are, we can often be very self-deprecating, which we love to be, because we find it funny. We find ourselves quite funny and ridiculous more often than not. And um, through sarcasm, which, wow, I mean, I've really had to curb that over here because I think Australians are really quite skillful. I guess think Chandler Bing is, you know, my idol with the whole sarcasm thing. But I think sometimes being able to do that with a straight face and having people think you're serious. So I, I don't know. I, I think something's maybe lost in translation with Americans. Um but that may just be a massive assumption. My writing just may be totally crap. <laughs> Who knows that I'm trying to make up an yeah. excuse for it. Um, but I think I think Facebook I think Facebook is really where um, I'm getting the most interaction. And at the end of the day, that's that's all I, I want. I'm I'm a communicator. I love communicating through through words or or through you know verbally. So. I love that interaction and that exchange of ideas and I guess really just for joining together with people who, I mean, you know, I was going to say don't take life too seriously, but I think at the moment we all really have to take life seriously, but it's just about finding those joyful moments mm -hmm. in the day-to-day -day because otherwise we're going to become so... I guess, submerged in the gloom and doom. We need to sort of find our way out and, uh, you know, allow some light into those days. Sure. Not yeah, to get... People were... Go ahead, Shannon. People are getting restless with uh, what was supposed to be temporary, I think. Uh, yeah. And, and unfortunately, I switched, switched off these, so I'm going to kind of segue into, you know, the gloom and doom of, of COVID-19. How's the... How has uh, the, still, yeah, we still, still talking have, about we, that? It's still here, Chad. It's still here. It's not people. People want to know. They're reaching out all the time. How are we? How are we coming back? And like I said earlier, you know, I think we see the light at the end of the tunnel. But um, you know, so Ohio, it sounds like, is back in school or, or has been back in school since August. So you've been fully transporting students for the most part uh, since August. Is that correct? Yeah, we went back August 17. Um, we were, we had bits of training before then to obviously deal with the changes that were going to be presented to us. So those changes were masks for everyone, even students, obviously. Um, there's uh, disinfecting the bus every time a group of students gets off and a new group of students is going to get on the bus. So there's a lot of spraying. There's hand sanitizer on the bus. We no longer have our, I guess, um, professional development days where we used to all be in the one room. Mm -hmm. That's changing somewhat. Our professional development days these days consist of washing our buses, which is fine. <laughs> but, you know, what else can you, what else can you really do? Um, so we're doing that. Um, yeah, I think the, the, so we have been in school, sorry, since August 17. I, Semester one, there were probably half at home. They had our area had the choice of doing online schooling or in-person schooling. And then I believe most of the students have now come back for second semester. I'm transporting, I think, probably around 40 students at a time from my elementary. So I, I do think most students are back. But the most interesting thing I have noticed and I don't know if you guys have the same experience I get such a shock when a child gets off my bus and removes a mask and I think is that what you look like 
because <laughs> you only you only get to see eyes, and then I mean the other half of the face can be so expressive with their mouth and their smiles. And the, the one thing I found really difficult with the whole mask wearing thing at the beginning of the year were that there were so many boys with brown eyes and brown hair in the same with the same haircut. I couldn't learn their names. I would call them one of, say, four names because they all look the same to me sure. because we don't have the second half of the face uncovered. So I, it makes me sad that we don't get to have the level of communication or the experience of communication that we might have had in the past because uh, I'd love to hear what you guys um do but when talking to a student I'm now not reading their lips as well as hearing them and looking at the whole expression on their face so a lot is missed I'm trying to lean my ear towards them which makes me feel terribly old as if I have a hearing problem but because we don't have the opportunity to read faces as well as listen communication can get really lost sometimes sure yeah we're in this very similar boat um you know our at least our district has not declared us uh, well at least when when CDC was coming or coming out with most of the guidelines the recommendation was that uh, alternating seats which would lead to only pretty much transporting 13 kids per you know per bus per route and that just we're already short drivers right we don't we don't have a way to split up unless we're transporting students nearly 12 hours a day uh, just not possible so we made the uh, recommendations for masks, the hand sanitizer, the disinfectant spraying in between runs and routes, and you know, very similar to sounds like what uh, you're doing. We, however, I don't know if you guys are experiencing this, uh, experiencing this as well. Um, anytime that there was a COVID case uh, or anybody's been exposed, either a route was you know temporarily shut down for a week, or a group of students were shut down. Uh, and sent home to to learn online for a period of time until they were, you know, not necessarily symptom free. They're already symptom free, but just had that exposure happen. So um, it's it's definitely been interesting. We're getting ready to gear back up here for March 16th for our students to return. But at the same time, I think what we're really finding is that it's your district might be set up the same way. It's very difficult to identify how many students are supposed to ride the bus versus actually riding, right? We have our eligible riders that might live in your neighborhood, but let's just say, you know, if you're busing 40 students, do you technically have 60 that are eligible to ride? So, you know, how do you keep attendance and how do you know who's been in contact or exposed to who didn't ride the bus a certain day and just trying to keep attendance. Do you guys keep attendance or anything like that on your bus on a day-to-day basis? We don't keep attendance, but I generally know who's on and who's off. We have had students who have had to quarantine. I, If I recall correctly, there have been no students on my bus that have actually been tested positive but similarly to other areas if someone at home has uh, been tested positive then that student will remain off for two weeks or however many days that their uh, mm-hmm. doctor or health professional will advise to stay off so we have had I actually remember one fourth grader his teacher was tested positive so the whole class was quarantined yeah. for a couple of weeks sure. before Christmas so it's um yeah, it, it's just been a case-by-case thing, but luckily none of the students on my bus have had it, which is great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, it's, it's... We've had really good luck, too, with our sanitation and our vigilance with our driving staff to um, minimal cases um, in our department and, you know, and what we're doing to mitigate uh, through yeah, we've got half of our staff driving right now, and the other half is supporting schools. And so, uh, I think we, you know, we've only had one case come through our department. A couple cases that uh, staff caught from the school sites, but you know, fortunately, everybody is healthy and and passed it. So, and and our like I said, our state has offered uh, vaccinations to education staff as part of a one uh, B group. So, you know, everybody who's a bus driver has uh, or teacher, any school staff really has has had the opportunity to get vaccinated here, um, 
you know, a lot of them are, I just saw an email come out from our district saying that the second group of their vaccinations is going to be available here soon. So, um, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why our district is ready to make that transition to bring everybody back for quarter four, um, you know, to get, to get students back. So, you know, we're, like I said, that light at the end of the tunnel, hopefully, hopefully next year we're next school year, we're back to everybody and not really having this flex learning option that parents can, you know, kind of a la carte each quarter deciding if they want to stay home or, or be back in the schoolroom. So going to be interesting for sure. Chad, you got anything? Mm. Uh, no, not really. Um, I mean, you could be back here in Oklahoma. My kids school just shut down this week. They've been going all year. <clears throat> and the cases oh, spiked in the county lives in. Yeah, cases spiked, and so they shut it down for a week, which worked out well with the, you know, the cold front coming in. But sure. Um, so you said you haven't had any any kids on your bus. Are, have there been like any certain routes that I guess it wouldn't really be routes, but it could be any certain routes that have had more than others, or have you guys as a district been pretty pretty lucky as far as limited amount of cases so far? I no, we haven't been lucky. And in fact, I was thinking, as I had been mentioning, no cases with my students. Our staff have definitely been hit and hit hard. We have had various positive um, results come back from drivers, and then those that have been in close contact with the drivers, possibly an aide or or whatever, have uh, been quarantined as well. So. It's almost every week that we have got someone or several off quarantining or they actually have been tested positive for COVID. So last week we were, we've had a lot of our admin staff out driving. We've had people managing two routes at one time. It's a constant juggle on the radio as to who can fill in where and do what. And I am so proud of the people I work with. And this is just something that I've really seen in the Midwest with people. They just want to step up, whether it's bus driving or anything else. I've seen it in my neighborhood, in my community. People really step up to help people. So that whole image back in Australia that I had growing up of, you know, people in America being so welcoming and giving and what I saw on TV wasn't BS. It's actually true. I see it here. I see them mm-hmm. stepping up all the time, which is just lovely and so admirable. But we're scrambling. We're scrambling like so many other districts and, and we we are yelling out for bus drivers. I wrote something a while back saying I think it was my top 10 reasons why you want to become a bus driver and I posted it on my local community page. I just wanted to get the word out there, from, especially from someone who hasn't been through this system. And it was a lot tougher on me to learn everything than someone who has driven on this side of the road and who has, you know, who's familiar with the road signs and miles per hour and all that sort of thing. You know, I, I think so many deaths, districts are desperate for school bus drivers and Shannon as I said earlier I had no idea when I first landed um, here that that was the case Um, I I wish more people knew how great this job can be look it is like any other job but it is going to be what you make it and some people will absolutely hate it but um, those who I guess um want to come from a place of service and want to be involved in their community and like the idea of integrating and getting to know children in their community and understanding that school bus driving is not just turning that ignition and changing gears and steering a wheel. There are so many, yeah, there are so many life skills that can be transferred over into this job. I mean, as a former life coach, we um, do all kinds of different exercises on our bus. Our bus is called the Kind Bus, and there's a sign that says, if you are riding this bus, you are choosing to be kind, and we have prizes each week. We did a food drive for Christmas for those less fortunate. We really promote the value of kindness, and I'm pushing what I did in a previous industry so it's all about you know taking self inventory learning more about ourselves learning how other people how we can communicate with other people to get a more effective outcome 
but this is in speak that third and fourth graders are going to understand. So this job is so much more than what I previously just said. I, you can bring any industry into this job and make it so much more or make it to be a reflection of who you are. Sure. We, For sure. We've seen that through – we have a program called PBIS, which is Positive Behaviors Interventions and Supports, and I hope to get our team from our district – on here soon to talk a little bit about that because it's all about positive behavior and, and a re- reinforcement. It sounds like you do something similar as far as prizes go and whatnot. Um, but, you know, I there was a, a video, I think, that got shown on, like, the Today Show or one of those news networks a couple years ago about a bus driver who had created a whole community on his bus call his name was Curtis and and he had everybody from the town mayor to the police and you know uh, everybody had a had a job role as far as a student goes they all had a job function on his bus and and that was like his own little town uh within his school bus so very cool that um you know you're able to do that and I think that sounds so cool I think when you're when you're new to this work Right. Initially, because it's not easy. It's not easy to learn. Like you said, it's not easy to learn with no obstacles. But if you don't build the relationship, you don't love it. So if people are willing to, I tell people all the time, it's going to be harder before it's easier. But if you can just, right, earn respect and build the relationship, all of a sudden it becomes this rewarding, exciting um, opportunity. It does. And you see the kids, what I really noticed this school year were how the kids started to open up to me. At first, there were some really shy ones who didn't speak and there were some who were trying it on with their behavior. But I think the more you communicate with them, the more you get to know them, they'll come out of their shell or their behavior will improve. I found a couple of kids, especially who at the beginning of the year, I would have called challenging. Um or even naughty, but I don't really like to use that word anymore. And this was a, this was part of the sort of, I guess, self-awareness of, you know, how am I labelling things, which they aren't really, I don't think, it meant to be labelled that anymore. But there were challenging kids and I identified through just speaking to them and, and trying things with them that what they mostly want out of that bus ride is a role to play. And I... And someone said, oh, these kids just want attention. And I thought, well, you know what? Um, Significance is one of the six core human needs. And most of us walking this planet like some significance or to be recognized. So what these kids are doing, what these kids are doing, yeah, they want attention. A lot of us do. But they don't yet know the right way to go about maybe getting that significance, that recognition, that attention in their lives. So I gave them roles and they love it. So it's meeting that core need for them. But it's about, um, it took me a little while to understand where these kids were coming from. But I'm finding that the kids who, I guess in quote marks, would be labelled perhaps attention seekers, they maybe they're not getting that significance from somewhere else in the way that they need it. So, but they really blossom. <laughs> and and sure. it's good for me. It's, it's a win win situation because now I have kids uh, who are working for me on the bus. There was one particular child who I gave the role of uh, railroad monitor to. I had seen, now this is a throwback and I don't know how old you guys are, but I'm approaching 50. So the Brady Bunch was. Uh, a staple growing up for me back home <laughs> in Australia and I remember one episode where Bobby Brady was made hall monitor and he had to keep an eye on things in the elementary school hall and I thought right okay this kid is going to become my railroad safety monitor so I um, found a little badge online and I messaged his parents and I said do you mind if I send this straight to your home address I'm just I want him to feel important, and they said, no, that's fine. So now his role is once we come to a stop at the railroad, he will get up, and he's a pretty big little fella, um, and he's got a booming – he's got a great set of lungs on him. So when we come into the railroad tracks, I'll flash my lights and he'll scream. <laughs> lights on, lips up, we're coming up to a railroad, and that tells everyone to be quiet. Once I've stopped, he'll stand up in his seat, and he pretty much gives them the death stare for me. And I'm doing my process and I go through the – and he puts his hand up 
and that indicates they're not allowed to speak. We go through the tracks. Um, I put my hand up and then he knows that he can put his down and sit down and then everything is fine again. Um, but it's, it's through giving him this role that has enabled me to, um, see that, well, that's all he, that's all he really needed. So it's, yeah, it pays to, it, it pays to want to figure out these people that you're transporting. I think perhaps the people who don't like their job so much, um, maybe maybe take the time to understand them or ask someone else how to understand them. Like, for instance, Shannon, it seems like you and, you know, Jason and Chad, you guys have been in this role forever. I'm a newbie. So if I didn't know how to do it, I'd come and ask one of you guys, sure. what have you found? I have found other bus drivers have the best ways to settle a child or to um, modify behaviour. They are a wealth of information. It's the energy, right? And so it's nice to have new people who are excited about it because you're right. We all share and we all right, can learn from each other. Um, and again, that different lens. So no matter how long I've been in this work, um, I learned something new from a new driver or a seasoned driver or just, oh, I didn't ever look at it that way 20 years later. So it's it's good to collaborate with our peers. Absolutely. And it well, just, we, just we on this on an earlier podcast that there's a lot. There's some parents that believe that driving a school bus is just driving a bus. You pull up, you open the door, you go. And this adds a whole new layer to it. You know, giving you know, working with the kids, connecting with the children, creating a community or you know a, a railroad monitor. You know that type of stuff. Like the important side of it is as far as connecting with the kids and and um, you know having that relationship with the children is a whole other layer. You know, before we were talking about safety and, and all this and, and parents not realizing all the things that go into driving a school bus other than you know because they're in the suburban and they just drive from point a to point b it's completely different well now this is a whole nother layer that sure. you know most drivers i'm sure have some sort of relationship with their children i'm, I'm sure there's are are some that just get on the bus different levels right <laughs> yeah. Yeah, i would exactly. tell you though so, in an emergency or a situation, you want them to know what you expect of them and that you're there to, like, take care of them. So, I mean, that's, that's a part, too, that we, we hope we never have to experience. But when um, when they know that you value them, they're going to pay better attention and have better just engagement when there's something that you really need from them. See, now, now I regret not growing up riding on school buses because I miss that relationship with a school bus driver. I mean, I miss that. It's not too late, Chad. It's not too late. Chad, I'm happy to tell you to sit down and be quiet if you need me to. (laughs) I I do need that occasionally, yes. Okay. So, Betty, if if there was, you know, hopefully there's people listening that maybe aren't bus drivers or thoughts of getting into bus driving, what would be the, what would be the, couple things that you would share with them about encouraging them to uh, maybe choose this as a career path? Well, just listening to Chad, and he really brought it home, I don't think, I think the problem with us lacking in bus drivers is the fact that people don't really understand the role and, and what it is and what it can be and what a fantastic role it can be. In our local area, and I guess you guys have uh, similar things happen where people might put on Facebook, looking for a job, must pay over $10 per hour and be flexible. And I often just hold my head and think, become a school bus driver. I mean, it ticks all these boxes. I think um, for anyone who may be listening and thinking about doing it, um, it, it's brilliant for part-time work. It can be flexible and it can be a great return-to-work option for mums or dads who were at home who are now returning to the workforce. It's fantastic for people who have left um, a long, long-standing role. We've got a lot of people, I guess, maybe over 50, 60 who have retired and then come to do this uh, to do this role. I think, look, it's really rewarding. I However, you need to put, like anything, you need to put in the effort to to gain the reward. But working with these people and making some sort of a difference, hopefully, in their day, even I have been told that the fact that 
I remember everyone's names and say good morning or have a great weekend or whatever can possibly make a difference. I mean, it's, it's, which is which is just so surprising, but I couldn't imagine ignoring someone getting on and off my belt. So just to know that just by doing, being um, or showing common courtesy, we might be making a change in someone's life. So it, it can really be that small, but you're affecting someone in a positive way. I remember when I first started, they said, you know, for a lot of students, the bus driver is the person who is going to maybe start their day off on a positive or negative note by saying good morning or ignoring them. Their bus ride may make the difference to their day at school. So well, Sometimes um, it's the first face. Mom and dad are gone already. Exactly. Um, no one else is at home, and so they haven't had any interaction. So. Yeah, exactly. So I think there's so much opportunity there, absolutely, for sure. Um, and from... Uh, reading about what other people might be looking for in relation to part-time work or flexible work hours, the money's pretty good. Um, it it boggles my mind that not more people are considering this role. But then again, I never considered it. So it's interesting. But I, I, I will actually tell you all this. A funny thing happened about uh, just after I started and I got my CDL license. My father back home in Sydney, Australia is in his late 80s and he goes, remember when you were about eight or nine years old and you used to tell me all the time that when you grow up, you're going to marry an American and become a bus driver. <laughs> and I said, wow, <laughs> like you are kidding me. He goes, no, for goodness sake, you used to say that. And those two things came true, which makes me think, oh, God, I hope I said I was going to win the lottery as well. That would be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I I love it. For me, I don't need a whole lot of stress in my life. Um, I don't need to necessarily bring a whole lot of work home with me. Yes, this job can be stressful, but if you're open to learning every day and bettering yourself, um, then the stress will become a lot less and then the structure will take over and you'll be doing things by the book which then reduces the stress and you can just go ahead and play this role every day. Obviously, you you know, things will pop up from time to time but I think um, after a while, you settle into it and you become more aware of what's needed to be done. You become more confident with your own skills. You feel backed by your community and your bus garage and the other drivers. And it is a really nice environment to, to be in. So uh, all I can say is I have no idea why more people aren't putting their hands up for this role. <laughs> I love that. We say the same thing all the time and, you know, um, just trying to figure out if there's truly 10% of the workforce that's unemployed, you know, we're hiring for bus drivers regularly. And even if it's, you know, I got into this as a quote in between job, I didn't, I didn't expect it to turn into a career and, you know, just something to, to pay the bills and get some insurance for, you know, maybe a couple of years at the most. And, and I mean, just the doors that it's opened is, has been exponential and so you know we we have a great workforce that we have from like you said parents to um retire you know re people who have retired from um corporate america to um you know, we've got a few younger people that you know are just you know newlyweds starting a family and you know want to want to work in a similar industry as their spouse that might be a teacher or something like that that we're hoping to you know over time groom and be able to find uh, and fit into you know our work our, our permanent work staff and our, our full-time work staff so we're always looking for you know people that we see as the quote up-and-comers and the new generation of transportation staff so uh, Betty thank you where can more people find uh, you and the uh, blog if they want to to check out your stories well, thank you very much for having me, Jason and Shannon and Chad. It's been wonderful to chat with you. And if anyone wants to head to busmebetty.com, they'll be able to find out more. Awesome. I very appreciate nice. it. It's yeah. so nice to, to meet you. Yeah. Yeah, you guys yeah, nice too. To we hopefully can uh, stay in touch and everybody check out uh, Betty's Betty's blog. There's a lot of funny stories. I think a lot of a lot of stories that uh, will resonate well with everybody. So <laughs> very uh, relatable. Yes, very relatable. <laughs> Some good laughs in there, and uh, we'll, 
we enjoy them very much maybe, already. So looking forward to maybe maybe you should attach a link to her blog. Yep. When you're doing the you know looking for new drivers like drivers yeah. needed, check out yeah. this blog. But we want them to come to <laughs> Phoenix, not not Ohio. No no offense, but right. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, but but bus drivers, right? Like seeing the stories. Yeah. The stories and, and everything that she goes through that might change the people's minds. Sure. Absolutely. You're right about that. You're right. Because it makes it personal. It's not just a driving job anymore, right? Yeah. It's an adventure for mm-hmm. sure. Absolutely. Oh, it, it's, it is. It's, it's changed my life. And I don't think I've ever been more content or happy in anything I've done. So, yeah, that's what I'll leave you with. Well, very, very awesome to talk to you. And uh, hopefully we can stay in touch, Betty. Everybody we certainly will. Thank you. Yep. Everybody, thanks for joining us for the uh, another episode. Got a, a lot of good content coming up here on the horizon, so make sure to stay tuned. If you haven't caught up, check us out on HeyBusDriver.com, social media, all the pages that are out there. You uh, can find us. And uh, until next time, be safe. And uh, for those of you that are in the upper northeast, stay warm. So we'll talk to everybody soon. Thanks. You've been listening to Hey Bus Driver. Thanks for being part of our community. If you're a student transportation professional, you are part of our family. The show is coming to a close, but you can reach out online. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Hey Bus Driver Podcast. And check out the website at www.heybusdriver.com. Till next time, this is Hey Bus Driver, signing off.